Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, Chad. Welcome to Slightly Something Else. I'm Yats Crochel. This is Marty Sleva. Hey, everybody. And here's Toffee. Oh, pops, pops, pops. My A lot love. of times they have to wait all the way at the end to, to Toffee, so it was really kind of you to, to show early Toffee. Well, this is me hyping up the end of video Toffee time. And Ooh, while we're on I the like subject it. of hyping up... Uh, yes, the new Witcher game has been announced. But uh, yeah. no real announcement of when it will be coming out at all? Do we yeah, know? no... No real details at all, other than it is the next chapter in the the Witcher installment. Uh, they are they are purposely saying it is not the Witcher four. They're they're not calling it right now the Witcher four, even though everyone's calling it the Witcher four uh, purely for SEO reasons. Um, but yeah, they said I think that the tagline was a new saga begins, and it's just an image of like the sort of the wolf pendant that that Geralt wore um, covered in snow. Right. Um, although several other people also wore that pendant, so it's possible that um, Geralt's not the main character, obviously. So, in other words, we don't know anything, and it's useless to speculate. So, uh, yeah. why, so <laughs> why'd they even say anything? Which gets yeah. to the nub of the broad topic for today. Because, mm -hmm. of course, there's also that Star Wars game that's been announced for 2027. Yeah, yeah. Um, which, the, you know, the, elementary they, chaos theory says probably won't be happening around then it's just absurd that like that's like 2027 like we'll have new consoles by then probably like we'll, we'll have like the, the the playstation 6 by then so like what what's what's why is this happening yes why is this happening why yeah. is how what is the point of hype this early mm -hmm. so i have i have some thoughts on it and uh i think a lot of them are sort of like uh, insider baseball reasons. And uh, one thing, this announcement coincided uh, this week right now is GDC, the Games Developer Conference in San uh, Francisco. Yes. Yes, and so I'm it's not at. No, which you're not at. Uh, and so that's, uh, you know, tens of thousands of game developers from all around the world uh, converge on San Francisco and go to little uh, uh, symposiums on, on development. And there's Ooh. there's panels and chats and a lot of networking. So I yeah, think I the to, timing... I went to oh, no. GDC once when they asked me to do shorts for their award ceremony. And it was a lot more fun oh, okay, than E3 yeah. for me. Yeah, I, the award ceremony was actually a lot of fun. It, yeah, it was fun talking to game developers. It was fun yeah. being taking part on a round table on game writing. Mm -hmm. I don't know why anyone thought I was there, but uh, it was fun. <laughs> it was nice. Hey, maybe you got like free meal out of it. So there you go. But yes. Um, but yeah, so I think uh, a thing with this and with that previous Star Wars announcement is um, this is for hiring. Like the Witcher, this next Witcher game, yes, it's in development, but it's not in, you know, it's not years in development. It's not a, a big, fully working game that just needs a little bit of polish. Like they need the people to make this game, and especially well, if, us. Well, if it's hiring, why didn't they just post an ad on the on so, the website, on the recruitment page? <laughs> 
so they almost need to make these games public so that people are enticed to know what they are working on. Um, and especially in the case of someone like CD Projekt Red, where um, they, they took a, a, quite a shot on the jaw, you know, over the past few years with all the cyberpunk stuff. Well, that's uh, this what is them when you release Cookie <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> yeah. And so this is uh, them trying to kind of, you know, tabula rasa and, and clean the slate and let people know like, hey, remember that that game that everyone loved and, and a lot of people consider one of the pinnacles of the last generation? Well, we're doing another one and we need your help. But it's not just like putting up an ad, you know, they need to first like kind of make the game public and then that will entice people who, who want to work at their studios. And CD Projekt is now, instead of just sort of being like a, a, a you know, a, a scampy little Polish team. Uh, they have studios, new studios in Vancouver that they opened last year, and they bought the Molasses Flood in Boston with with former Irrational developers. Um, that is now a CD Projekt studio. So um, they, they, it's it's for enticing, you know, these these folks. I think who are going to be at GDC to be like, hey, do you want to work on the next Witcher game? Also, uh, that announcement, the big detail was they're no longer using their uh, in-house proprietary engine. They're switching to Unreal Five which I think is going to be another, like, hey, if you come and work on this game, you don't have to, like, learn an entirely new language. Like, if you know Unreal, you can come and work on this, and, and right. you'll you'll understand the basics of what's going on. You don't have to, you know, learn our, whatever it was called, CD Engine 2 or whatever the hell it was called. So what you're saying is that obnoxious early hype is so endemic that the only way a game can get attention, even if it's just for hiring purposes, is to go along with the same bullshit. Yeah, and it's really cynical, and it kind of sucks, and we all feed into it, and I don't know how I feel about it, because hey, I understand. I'm, hey, I'm cynical, and I kind of suck. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's maybe that's why I don't know how to feel about it, because I look at this, and I see myself in the mirror, and I'm like, oh no, am I the snowy wolf pendant announced yeah. far too many years early? Well, well, let's get away from the trap by stopping talking about that specifically. Yes. So that we can, that we, way, we haven't been taken in by the hype. Yeah, we haven't. We haven't. No, that's now fine. We're, we now put, we're doing the slightly obnoxious Sunday newspaper sort of, is the hype too overhyped sort of angle. Yeah. Exactly. It's just an Ouroboros, and eventually, yeah. We're. I also thought it was pretty funny that uh, we said it was it announced too early, and we set this video live late last night. You know, as like a <laughs> landing page, and someone commented yeah. like, "Was this video set live too early?" And I was like, "Okay, that's that's well, pretty that's funny. the. That's I guess that's the inevitable counter, isn't it? Yeah, that's a you good know, goof. Um, I guess you know we're all trapped in the cycle of hype, and now you can't roll it back. Now it's a monster that is broken free of its shackles and is now. Mm -hmm. Long descended upon the village to savage the locals. Yeah. And so, you've managed to sort of remove yourself. You're like, you're notoriously anti-hype and, and hype-proof and everything, right? Well, that sort of came out of necessity, because the amount of time it takes to work on a zero punctuation, all the hype, all the pre-release hype has sort of died down by the time my video comes out. Mm -hmm. So, And that yeah. sort of goes along with the fact that I usually take a slightly more critical look at the product yeah and usually by the yeah, time my review comes out everyone's sort of like you know the scales have fallen from everyone's eyes and everyone's ready for a slightly more serious critical discussion of these things yeah yeah 
And even like the way, um, you know, like we did a bunch of uh, we as in like uh, Casey, uh, Nick and Amy and Jesse and myself did a bunch of uh, E3 live streams where we were sort of reacting to all the announcements and we just sort of packaged it all up. And I think we did like one episode of this with you to be like, all right, here are some of the announcements. How, how did you feel about that? So you, you yeah, were able yeah. to sort of exercise yourself from uh, that whole dog and pony show, which is a dog oh. and pony show. I enjoy quite a bit, actually. Well, there's, it, it's just so unthinking that we just accept it all these days. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's nice to know when things are coming up, but to sort of try to selfishly hog the headlines when games that are out are trying to get attention, it just makes it feel particularly obnoxious for me. Well, and especially some of these, like this, this Witcher game isn't probably coming out until 2025, 2026. Yeah. Um, so it seems anything we could say about it would just be projection at this point. Yeah. And so it, it almost seems absurd. And then that star Wars game, the, the David cage quantic dream game that got revealed eclipse. Um, uh, yeah, the reports coming out that that's not coming out until 2027 or 2028. It's it all like... seems so bloody unbalanced and disproportionate when you consider mm -hmm. how long people will be talking about it after it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Like a yeah. week at the most. Yeah, yeah. And then the hype yeah. has to give way for more hype. It's We're not even hyped about the actual experience. We're just hyped about the hype. Because <sighs> most people are just hyped so that they can sell their YouTube video of them being hyped about it. And who the hell is actually genuinely hyped at the bottom of all this? I mean, is it the fa Like, I think there are... You know, there's there's dozens of millions of people who bought The Witcher 3 who are probably excited for a Witcher 4, right? But I just don't... The, the, as a fan, why, like, how there's so many events in life that are going to happen before this game come out. Like, why would you possibly focus on this thing so far over the next five horizons and, and not just focus on things that are closer? Okay, what's, what's the point where hype is too much hype? What, what would you say is the, the cutoff point? What's an acceptable amount of hype? Um... I mean, looking forward to something, I think is is fine. I, I don't know. I'm not sure if this is what you're getting to, but like, if you set your identity to something, if you are like, you know, there's plenty of people on Twitter who like change their avatars to an upcoming game or their name or their entire identity is like that's, see, that's the Starfield of, fan account. That smacks of like exploiting the mentally ill. That's, I mean, <laughs> these days, people who like I, place that much investment in something they know nothing about, there's got to be something wrong with you. Yeah, and so that's and and so when you know, and that's when you get sort of the the real like negative and, and kind of grimy side of fandom. It's it's the ones who um, either can't be critical or something, or can't accept criticism of something, and so they see if someone didn't like a game or a movie or a TV show, they see it as an attack on their own identity, and they go on the offensive. And you see this with any fandoms. You saw this with the whole. Snyder cut of the DC stuff. You yeah. see this with Marvel movies, Star Wars movies, um, you know, see, any any game franchise. See these huge publishing companies with their huge ads on the side of buses. They're always mm -hmm. like making short-term knee-jerk reactions to honest criticism and trying to suppress it because it suppresses their bottom line. And they don't realize just how badly they need us to stop them going off the board. Yeah. We're like <laughs> we're like the counter element to the Grey Goose scenario. If yeah. The, if if the if us critics and journalists and non-hyping people didn't do our jobs, then everything would just turn on itself, and then the fans you had created would turn on you. You're creating your own the instruments of your own destruction. Your own destruction, yeah. 
I mean, that is like, right. That's the, the all the backlash that, that CD project got from cyberpunk was exactly. partly yeah, because so. it was like, a, you know, that game was revealed, I think eight years before it came out. Yeah. Um, and they felt obliged to live up to hype and yeah. the end result was something that tried to do way too much and failed for it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny to think like to, to go back a couple decades uh, to even like the nineties in the industry when, you know, there were, there was trade shows and stuff and, and magazines, even the early days of the internet. But um, it was very much a, a thing where uh, if a game was shipping in the fall, it would generally be revealed in the summer at E3. And there was almost like a, an idea of, oh, if a game showed up at two E3s, that meant something went terribly wrong. <laughs> like, you're only supposed uh, to be at one E3. If you showed up at a second E3, everyone's like, Ooh, what happened? Like, what 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 was in trouble here? Whereas now... Yeah, these is... days you get the, the phenomenon that I like to call the uh, bet you thought we were hoping you'd forgotten about this trailer. <laughs> where they put out a trailer for something that was announced five years ago. Yep. that still doesn't that is still like a pre-rendered trailer that tells us fuck all mm -hmm. and then everyone's hyped again and then mis everyone forgets about it for the next few years patron saint of that beyond good and evil too of course yeah abs 100 percent, a thousand percent new yeah. pre-rendered trailer every few years with that shit <laughs> and uh the a funny thing about that is like uh uh a lot of times we can say oh well this publisher is exempt from it they don't do that everyone does this yeah. nintendo does this sony does this microsoft does this bethesda does this bioware does this ubisoft do this um i guess indies don't just because indies are probably focused on well why would we put the effort towards making this trailer when we could just put that effort towards finishing the game and making yeah. the game because most indies um, people they'll they make their first impression and most people have like two brain cells to spare for it. So if there isn't immediately yeah. a game for them to play at that point, they immediately move yeah. on to something else. So there's not much real point in hyping it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, you know, again, back in those, like the old days of those E3s I was talking about, it was also a thing where you needed a certain hype cycle because um, getting shelf space in, in uh, EB games and game stops and Best Buys and stuff was so crucial mm. that you needed to almost like plant your flag in the ground early enough so that you're like, okay, now we can make sure that this year's Assassin's Creed has enough shelf space um, um, and isn't overtaken by uh, Call of Duty and Uncharted and whatever, um, which now is kind of silly because I just, I don't know, I, I haven't bought a physical game in mm. a decade. Like, I just buy everything digitally now. So the idea of the shelf space thing is definitely, uh, I think, a thing of the past. Well, of course, digital access has permitted early access, and early access has created <laughs> this... It's phenomenon where games can exist in this weird state of limbo between being out and not being out so it can mm -hmm. so you can continue hyping something while it's still playable you'll say oh it's all right they're gonna add the good stuff later and mm -hmm. then you know usually there's that you no know, crescendo at the end where the thing finally comes out and you either go away satisfied or disappointed but that never happens it's like edging yeah <laughs> So what is is like is Star Citizen like the the master of video game edging? Yeah, it's just yeah. like years and years of orgasm denial, <laughs> and and, so, and and you can just sustain your business with that now. Yeah, that's yeah, the, that's the crazy thing. You know what? I think hype is one of those things that the Doug Stanhope test should be applied to. Doug Stanhope, stand-up comedian, has this uh -huh. uh, routine where he says. Uh, if marriage didn't exist, 
would you invent it? And I feel like that same question should be applied to a lot of things in modern society. Like uh, if the Catholic Church didn't exist, would you invent it? If, yeah. If the British monarchy didn't exist, would you invent it? And so the current system of hype, if it didn't exist, if the only, if the only thing anyone had ever done was like, tell anyone about their game the moment it came out, would you invent hype? I mean, yeah, that's a that's a that's a great question because it seems ultimately like if you if you have to weigh all the pros and cons, like it I'm comes not jerking out. Off. I'm, negative I'm tickling Toffee's ear. I'm sorry, it looks like I'm jerking off. Sorry, go on. <laughs> the scariest thing was I wasn't looking at your feed, and so you just said that, and I'm like, well, I would hope you weren't. <laughs> I didn't realize I had to keep an eye on you to make sure. Uh, but yeah, I think ultimately hype is, uh, I think, a net negative. Or maybe it's a thing of like, depending on how you use it. Because like when I see this Witcher thing or the Star Wars thing that we were talking about, I kind of just roll my eyes in the same way that uh, it was E3 2018. Bethesda revealed Starfield, which is finally coming out this fall. So that'll be four and a half years after the reveal and revealed the Elder Scrolls 6, which also we've, won't be coming out for another five years probably so we've heard nothing about since yeah so that'll be probably a you know a decade after the reveal and it's just one of those like i kind of just like shrug and i say why and yeah. it kind of sucks for the people who are like oh my god elder scroll six i'm so excited and i'm like you can't it's not healthy to maintain or to even try to maintain excitement for that long yet you'll die your heart will give out so, so you yes. might as well not try See, as insiders, we see like these five years too early announcements and we roll our eyes. But what does mm -hmm. it mean to like someone who's not really in like video games circles? Like, and they like That's... vaguely like The Witcher because they've seen the series and they played Witcher 3 for a bit and thought it was all right. What does it mean to them to just see that The Witcher 4 is coming out? I think they assume it's similar to movie trailers in that, oh, I saw an image that said The Witcher 4. It's probably coming out like in November, right? You know, because if you see a movie trailer, generally that movie's coming out within the next year. Um, obviously, the pandemic pushed a lot of things and made a lot of things weird. But, you know, movies won't show you something generally too far in advance. That being said, the movies will announce things in the trades way, way in advance, especially with this sort of gobbledygook of cinematic universes we have, you know, Marvel and DC lay out their slate five, six years in advance. They'll say, all right. And in 2025, we have a fantastic four movie coming and we don't have a writer. We have a director. We don't have a cast. We'll see you then. And so it's kind of like one of those. Okay. I guess sort of I guess I needed to know that maybe. Doesn't it take away from the magic of creation to watch something created from the ground up? Like, what's that? Like, there was a yeah. story in one of Neil Gaiman's Sandman comics where he was talking about the the reject eaves in the Garden of Eden, and one of the reject eaves was one that had like God created them from dust, and first the skeleton appeared, and then the flesh appeared, and then the muscles appeared, and then the blood appeared, and then the skin appeared, and Adam was there for the whole thing, and he just wouldn't touch her because that just yeah. totally grossed him out. Yeah, you don't want to see how the sausage is made. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, sausage like, factories are gross. It's like um, they show you all the the uh, cutouts they're going to put in the ghost train before you get into yeah. the ghost train. Say, so, this is the thing we're going to throw at you on, like, the second yeah. turn on the right. Boy, this yeah, will scare yeah. the shit out of you. Yeah, 
except that ghost train lasts uh, 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 six years and it's telling yeah. you to try to remember something uh, five years from now. And it's like, well, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to remember that. Um, Imagine with me a world where hype was not allowed, where the only point where you were allowed to start telling people about your game or film was after it was available. What a so, world would that be? There is one very big company that kind of abides by that, and that is Apple. I thought you were going to say Valve uh, for a second there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Valve does, yeah. I guess Val well, Valve also was like, here's a Steam Deck. Um, but even the Steam Deck wasn't revealed that much earlier than... Because I think the Steam Deck was revealed like last year. And it's out now, so... Something like that. Yeah. It seems like the only um, reason people hype is because everyone else hypes. Like you see the guy screaming next to you, and so you're like, well, I should scream too, yeah, right? I need to like, scream louder because I want to sell my game too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, Apple is, uh, you know, Apple has their whatever quarterly presentations or, or three times a year, and they generally reveal products that are either available now or um, available for pre-order, and you can get it in a few weeks. Well, um, what kind of creative process goes into an Apple thing? They take something they already did, they make it a bit thinner, they hack off a feature, and they and they say, there you go. But they're wearing cool turtlenecks when they do it, so. Oh, well. Point counterpoint. Yeah. Welcome to the cult. Yeah, welcome to the cult. Yeah. Um, but there's also the problem of like, you know, I feel like there's been a lot of scenarios where the the extended hype has backfired, not just from um, you know, something like the game not living up to expectations, because at a certain point it can't possibly live up to the expectations that folks have made for it. But um just if you've seen it too many times, I feel like uh like last year with Deathloop, that game wasn't even revealed that far in advance. But it kept showing up at like every, at every E3 and at every like game awards and during the showcases and stuff. And at a certain point, people were like rolling their eyes when another Deathloop trailer came on at a thing to 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 talk about the game that was coming out in a few months, which kind of sucked because like the game, you know, I thought I think most people thought the game was pretty good. A lot of people gave it game of the year, which I didn't necessarily agree with. But well, it was you know, okay, and that was kind of yeah. what it needed to be after that amount of presence, I suppose. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so that almost felt like maybe if they would have, like, less would have been more in that respect. Like, keep an air of mystery about it. Um, which I'm, now I'm trying to think of some developers who, I mean, Valve is probably the best example of that. Like, Half-Life Alex was, was revealed shortly before it came out. And so, yeah, you know, you didn't have the uh, Apogee Desk job. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. was just like, oh, it's here. You can play it now. Which, um, I mean, it wasn't much of a game, but they didn't tell you they were making it. Yeah. No, and that's the thing is like for the folks who are really like jazz for the idea of like a Portal 3 or like a proper next Half-Life, when we're going to hear about it is when it's like 99% done. I think yeah, when we're going to hear about it is like when it's ready to cross the finish line. Um See, when I was like because... making more freeware games in the past, that's how I tended to operate. Mm -hmm. But that was just because I was really anxious about giving people expectations. I was like, no, I need to work on this on my own pace. Stop asking me things. Stop giving me attention. Mm -hmm. Go away. I don't want money. Yeah. Of course, these days, money is nice. So Money is had, nice. One has had to adapt. Yeah, I would uh, I, I would completely agree that money, money is nice. So I'm, I'm never going to say no there. Still, I think um, as we say, everyone's sort of complicit in the big cycle of hype. I mean, part of it's the fact that there's 24-hour media now, so the news sites uh -huh. have to constantly have things to report on. Uh -huh. And I think part of it is that a lot of people 
have this idea that they have to play something the moment it comes out. I think if more yeah. people, I mean, my world where there is no hype would only work if people waited a little bit longer to hear what the general uh, feelings are about something is before they uh, before they bought it themselves. But and it's part of the fact that everyone's got their own YouTube channel now that everyone has to have their hot take out. Yeah, in time with yeah, everyone else is. Yeah, you want to be a part of the conversation while there still is a conversation, as opposed to you know by the time you get around to it, they've already moved on to the next big thing. Yeah, I mean, I have a. I mean, you say I'm sort of hyper immune, but then I have the privilege of being an established thing. Yeah, people, um, I already have the audience. I didn't even try to build it by getting the early take-ins, so or I have the luxury of being able to talk about things a few weeks down the line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so it's, it's everyone's uh, fault. It's all your fault as well, audience. Stop buying yeah. into hype, you ass. It's, it's collectively our fault. So no matter what company you like, it's also their fault. Like Microsoft uh, shows showed off Fable and Perfect Dark, and then we got all that news about how Perfect Dark, the, the development's all awry, and that's not going to come out for a while. Sony's done the same things with their exclusives in the past. Nintendo showed off Breath of the Wild 2 three years ago, and we still haven't seen it. They showed off uh, yeah, funny, um, Metroid Prime uh, four, five years ago, and we still haven't seen a, a, a frame of that game because well, it got yeah, rebooted and everything. They showed us a logo. That's the they showed us a that logo. we saw of Metroid Prime 4. Yeah. I bet, and I bet they regret showing us that now, don't they? I 100%. They absolutely regret because there's been yeah. like several. There was a good Metroid game last year that just yeah. didn't even exist as an idea back then. So, um Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Well, that's I, it, isn't it? All the stuff that's going to be the next big thing, uh, no one really knows about till it comes out. Because, yeah. you know, it takes people by surprise. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, I yeah, mean, and I don't know how... My favourite games of the last few years have been shit like Spiritfarer and Return of the Obra Dinn and stuff that just came out of nowhere but was just yeah. really good and was sold by uh, word of mouth. Yeah, stuff you didn't know about until it was just fell right on your lap. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know when this stops. I don't know if this stops. I don't know how this stops. It um, never stops. Never stops till we're all dead. Oh, well, that's good. That's that's good to know then. Well, on that note, <laughs> I feel like we need to get the non-video game insider game journalist perspective on this. I so would love to hear it. Let's get to some super chats. Hell yeah. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Wherever the hell they put them now. Oh, now they're hiding? Go away, YouTube. Notify me when I'm eligible. Yeah, sure, whatever. Just bring up the... I'm looking for fucking super chats. Yes, okay, what the hell is this? Go away. <laughs> grow with YouTube. <gasps> you could grow with YouTube. I don't want to grow with YouTube. I want to find my fucking super chats. Where's the mm, go gotta... away button for this ad? There isn't one. You have to grow first. You have to grow with YouTube first. I don't want to grow. I've got enough things growing on me that I don't want. <laughs> oh, there's the problem. I haven't uh, I haven't logged into the Escapist account. Silly me. Oh. That was YouTube telling me personally to grow with YouTube. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> you need to grow. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. 
Okay. Here we go. Andrew Hickenbottom gives two British pounds and says, Four witch, two furious. Witcher with the H replaced with a four. Uh, I like Witcher with the uh, H replaced as a four, Andrew. Well, I think that that's makes great. sense because uh, four upside down is how you get H on calculators. Yeah. Oh, I remember when you, used to, when you would write hell. Yeah. The one that really didn't make sense was Thief 4 when they replaced the E with the four. I was like, I mean, oh, yeah. you, you, you replace E's with threes. Everyone yeah. knows that. You can't replace E's with fours. That's nothing. Yeah, that was, what was, well, yeah. I guess that game had had a lot of problems, but one of which was that right from yeah. the get-go. That was the, that was that was the was first a... problem. That was the first problem yeah. I knew about. Because <laughs> eventually they changed the name to just Thief, which, was a, problem, which was a problem in itself, but, you know. There was already a game named Thief. Moving on. Chaos Chris gives five US dollars and says, I cannot get hyped by a game that might come out years after I have died. That's well, also a good point. Well, quite. I mean, who's yeah. going to have time to play the new David Cage Star Wars game when we're all dead in climate disasters Yeah. by the time of 2028? But if you really want to, like, boil it down, you could get hit by a meteorite when you step outside your house today. So there's no reason to ever be excited about anything. I... Maybe someone will get in touch and offer to digitize my mind and put me forever into a digital heavens that I can live eternally in bliss. Maybe that could that happen sounds, as well. That sounds like a nightmare. I don't like that at all. This sounds like an NFT I do not want to be a part of. Well, I guess, uh, I guess you know, that's something you don't really want to opt into while there are still mysteries surrounding the nature of human consciousness. Uh, I mean, it's just, just create a copy of you and then the real you just has to be killed. Yeah. That doesn't sound great. That's what Walt Disney did, right? Like in, um, you know, that game, Soma. Oh, yeah. That was a neat game. Spoiler alert. Uh, Abby uh, Shokath, a la Ah, with, uh, has been a member for nine months using their mm -hmm. uh, early access comment to say, why are CD Projekt Red ditching their Red engine? Um, I honestly think it's just because if you use something everyone else knows, you're going to be able to hire people a lot more easily, and there's a lot more documentation on it. And if you find if you come across a problem, you're going to be able to solve it easier because there's collective knowledge. Um, yeah, I think we're we're sort of getting away from proprietary engines, and and a lot more games are are you know using the same handful of big ones. Well, uh, I've so I I've uh, railed on that in the past, haven't I? When I was talking about ghost train rides in extra punctuation and how every game is basically put together from flat packs these days. Yep, they're more stable, but at the cost of a certain artisanal uniqueness. Yeah. BS Marsh gives two US dollars to say CDPR is trying to steal Elden Ring's thunder. Well, Elden okay. Ring can't be hyped anymore. It's out. Yeah, let it and let it be known. We made it a half hour into the show, and <laughs> neither of us were the ones who brought up Elden Ring. Good point. You had to so, do it, chat. Yeah. That doesn't count. <laughs> Rufus Omega gives five British pounds to say, it's just to distract people from the mess of cyberpunk that it's becoming increasingly clear that they are never going to fix. Well, that's a very cynical take, Rufus Omega. Welcome to the <laughs> chat. <laughs> no, but it is. Um, we've seen these sort of sleight-of-hand techniques uh before from companies yes. um bioware you know in the midst of anthem being a complete debacle and then before that uh, mm -hmm. mass effect andromeda they were just like well don't worry about those because we're doing a new dragon age and a new mass effect and 
No, there really wasn't anything specifically bad of that bad about Mass Effect Andromeda. It was just instantly forgettable. Yeah, that's the thing, and it's funny. We just yesterday was the fifth anniversary, and so we we republished a few of our um, uh, op-eds and pieces by Elijah about it. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's a game that was just again that may have been a victim of its own. You know, people had had what they thought the game was in their mind, and it didn't live up to that because what they had in their mind was the the sequel to the biggest. Uh, sci-fi gaming trilogy ever and what it was was just a perfectly fine little yeah. adventure it's always a bit of a mystery for me about why we really didn't talk about prey much i mean prey was a decent enough game it was innovative it was well written mm -hmm. but then it just didn't stick in people's heads you know yeah i don't i don't i don't know what it was i, I honestly i don't know why I want to say it was just kind of bland. There wasn't really anything in there to latch onto the way you could latch onto like Big Daddies in Bioshock or Andrew Ryan or any of the other memeable bits. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, because like the the enemies I remember just like it was a. It's like oh, that's a coffee cup, and it's like oh shit, it's yeah. a mimic. The enemies, um, were, the enemies were black smears. Yeah, the yeah. Characters and, like, were all kind of boring. Yeah, and you created your own character, so you didn't even have like a Geralt or someone to to, yeah, like you said, latch on to. Well, you could choose. Well, you didn't really pick create the character; you just picked your gender. But you know, oh, you just picked your gender. Okay, yeah, you were always Morgan. You, that's right. Yeah, actually, I did. I I, I liked that game. I yeah, know. I I, I, I don't think I about it that you, much. But I like. I liked how you could. There were bits where you were flying through space. Mm -hmm. I thought those were really cool. I thought the, but the, like the weird cock gun. I like the cock gun, like where you can yeah, make cock. Was, yeah, the glue gun was interesting. Yeah. It just didn't stick. No. Yeah, it's funny how certain things certain things click and certain things don't. Yeah. And it's really hard to put the finger on, which is annoying, because it's our job to be able to put the finger on these sorts <laughs> yeah, of things. I, I mean, I guess if we were able to put the finger on it, then we'd probably be making our own games. I perhaps mean, we should, perhaps games, we so. should make an hour-long droning analytical video about it. Perfect. Let's get an inflammatory uh, thumbnail. I got it. Well, I was looking for a subject for the next extra punctuation. Anyway. <sighs> uh, Rufus Omega. Oh, did I do that one? Yes, I did that one. Uh, yes. Spencer K gives five US dollars to say, thoughts on CDPR switching to Unreal Engine. Sounds like Witcher's about to get more cookie cutter. Well, we just addressed yep. that. Yep. Thanks for the money anyway, Spencer K. Yeah. Yeah, the cookie uh, cutter thing would be, that'd be a bummer. But if it avoids a lot of the... <laughs> complete yeah. disasters that CD Pro, that uh, Cyberpunk had. I guess that's good. Uh, Zaratha gave us five Brazilian real to say, Marty's explanation makes sense. Riot Games did something similar by announcing they were making an MMO for both hype and hiring people. Mm -hmm. Well, as we say, you can, I guess that's what you have to do. Yeah. You have to get the media involved on every bloody level of development because that's, that's how the news cycle works now. Yeah. And in their, in their defense, like, you're going to see I'm sure you've already seen a bunch of articles of what might The Witcher 4 be about and like analyzing that one image of a wolf talisman in the snow. And that's the media's fault. That's our well, fault. Well, it's well, also well, your fault for consuming those articles because they're only made because people click on them. So if we went back to the old way where all the news was just summarized in like a half hour broadcast at the end of the day or in a newspaper you read over breakfast and everything was all the important stuff was just summarized neatly. In yeah. like a, a dedicated little point of the day. And it wasn't and the just news, news was... all the time. All the time, forever. 
Yeah, and the news was only delivered by like a droning, monotone, like sixty-year-old man smoking a cigarette and just reading the headlines. Oh, have you seen like really old news broadcasts, like in the early days of TV news? It's like they didn't even look. Uh, at the, they didn't have auto cues. They were just looking down yeah. at the page, and they were just London <laughs> and the prime ministers had to die. <laughs> See, that's great. Yeah, no notes. That was per- news. For, news. That was news for grown-ups. Yeah, exactly. Boring as adults. <clears throat> that guy, you know, gives five US dollars and says this new Witcher game will basically be CDPR's redemption arc to their fans after the massive embarrassment and disappointment of Cyberpunk 2077. Sure, again, they hope it will. The, again, this exposes the floor of reading out super chats at the end of the podcast because we already <laughs> said that a few times. <laughs> David Foster gives 449 British pounds to say, have they not learned anything from their last game? Which I guess is reiterating that guy, you know's last comment. So yeah. here we are in another cycle. We've got a cycle of our own going on. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, no matter if you reveal a game or not, it's like I, the the problem with uh, Cyberpunk wasn't that it had that initial uh, CG trailer so long beforehand. It was mm-hmm. when they sort of showed off those initial demos, they kind of fudged some things and then they held back, obviously, like old gen copies. And there there was a lot of... A lot of other problems other than just showing it early. Mm. Casey Jones gives two US dollars and says, The Witcher 4, the titular boar. Oh, I think I you think got away with that. I think you got away with rhyming Witcher with titular. <laughs> Was that a slant rhyme? Uh, you'd get away with it at a rap battle, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, a, like a, a, a like an underground uh, 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 rap venue in like Warsaw or Krakow somewhere in Poland when they where they rap about the Witcher all the time. Yeah, well the Ukraine. That. They kind of have to be Ukraine. underground now in the Ukraine. That's true. That is true. That's where the rap battles go because of all the bombs. Yeah, we understood it, Yahtzee. You didn't need to say that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just dating the video for everyone. Perfect. Perfect. Tyler Pate gives ten US dollars to say ready for the Beyond Good and Evil three announcement at this rate. Quite. Yeah, might as well just skip the. Yeah, just skip it. I mean, in in movies, James Cameron did that, where he's like, "We're making Avatar two, three, four, and five. I, and quest- like, I question he's even making the first one of those. Supposedly, the trailer's coming out in like a month or two. I'll believe it when I see it, and if it's more than just a fucking logo, I hope it's just a couple blue people, just a couple blue blue people hanging out and and frolicking. It's another thing that just didn't really stick in people's heads, is it, Avatar? No, for as big of a, like a massive sort of cultural impact it had right at the start, like mm. that crater filled in immediately. Uh, Michael Broadman gives five US dollars to say the punishment for Cyberpunk's embarrassment was hundreds of millions of dollars of profit. There is no penalty for excessive hype or bad launches. Well, of course, a cynical person like me would say that a lot of um, uh, the time when there's like a real huge amount of pre-release hype especially in movies mm-hmm. uh is that uh the studio knows that it's bad and they want to get as many seats uh, filled on opening weekend before word of mouth gets around now, yeah that's, that's yeah. usually what it means when a film's being massively overhyped just before release mm-hmm. i don't know if you could say the same about video games as we say a lot of that's just because everyone else does it at this point yeah, it's just these massive companies have have shareholders, and they expect to to see commercials during sporting events and and logos on the side of buses and stuff. I guess. 
Yeah, I remember the logos on buses. That was a big thing in Brisbane. Not too many buses no. around where I live now. Public transport in Northern California is a huge ass. Kind of crummy, Still, yeah. Well, not as bad as Los Angeles, I suppose. At least no, you can the, actually get from one side of the city to the other. Yeah, at least we've got the BART. We do. That, yeah, that's something. Bart. Yeah, just smells like pee a little bit, but that's fine. Everything smells like pee. Smells of, yeah, homeless. Yeah. But then that's what happens when you have so many homeless people. Yeah. Andrew Hickenbottom gives two British pounds and says, laughs in Star Citizen. Yep. That's... Fair enough. <laughs> I'm just really excited for the... Uh, for the Star Citizen tell-all or the, like, three-hour documentary on, like, there's what the hell like, was actually going on with this game. There's, there's been, like, nine tell-alls for Star Citizen. Like, there's, like um, Frederick Knudsen did his Down the Rabbit Hole video on that, like, fucking years ago. Just, and the game keeps trucking. Again, it keeps getting money. It's, well, it's I don't know. I don't understand it's as it. I, it's as I said. Games just sort of exist in this released and not released limbo where they can keep living up to expectations while still accruing dosh. Mm -hmm. um, that guy you know gives five dollars and says you're right Yarts only believe in and look forward to something you actually know about that's why I don't look forward to a bright future so you're oh, saying no. you don't know anything about a bright future <laughs> well what have, what have we done why don't you just recycle then you can do your part there you go. Maybe, yes, if everyone recycled, maybe there would be a bright future. Yeah, focus on the three R's. Uh, SVS Guru 2000 gives five euros to say, Yahtzee, have you come across any more words that impressed you with their elegance with which they convey their meaning with no further context? Oh, yes. This is referencing a tweet I posted a while back. Ooh, in which I what was the word? Cumflation. Jesus. What is cumflation? Is that when like, the value of cum goes up? <laughs> No, it's a genre, it's a visual genre of porn. Okay. You know, just just let it percolate in your head there. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, picking, I'm picking up what you're dropping. It's a genre of porn that doesn't really exist in, you know, f photography or movies or any sort of real life sort of porn. It can only mm -hmm. really exist in drawn porn. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the same way that in inflation porn works. Mm -hmm. I guess you could say it's a subgenre of inflation porn. Okay. Can we move on now? I would personally uh, enjoy that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Please stop smiling and nodding interestedly. I want to move on. <laughs> um, Scavenger gives five dollars to say we don't need hype from guys who have company accounts to buy games. I like a little hype so I can budget and know what to watch development of. Wait, were well, we the guys with company accounts to buy games? Well, someone does. Someone has a company account with games on it that we have access to. It's true. Yeah, but I buy a bunch of it. I bought Elden Ring, I bought Horizon, and played two hours of it. Well, here's, here's a thought, scavenger, fucking man of the people over here. How about you just don't buy games when they on the day they release? How about you just wait a little bit to find out if they're good instead of needing all that hype? And is it really important that you play everything that's good if budget's so important to you? Just, you know, just asking questions. But also, hype isn't... Hype doesn't have anything to do with 
budget. Like, you know, it doesn't matter how long you're excited for something. Like, ultimately, you pay your money when a thing comes out. So whether you knew about it five minutes beforehand or knew about it three years beforehand, right? That shouldn't, that shouldn't well, matter. Yeah, or even some time after it comes out. Yeah. Also, I, get, I still get excited for stuff. Watch me during those E3 things. I'm just saying there, there needs to be a, 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 a happy medium. Well, but on the other hand, never look forward, never disappointed. Boom. The Bible. I don't know if that was in the Bible. Probably wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly what Jesus said just before he was crucified. <laughs> you know, he didn't want to raise expectations too high, you know? Yeah. Um, the Max ATZ gives three euros and says, Hi. Hi, oh, the Max hello. ATZ. Hello. I, don't, I don't think I've seen your name before. Was that your debut super chat? Incredible. Well, I guess you have to say something. I thought it was very nice. Me a pickle gives 20 Canadian dollars and says, worried that the new won't have Geralt because his story ended perfectly. So if this one doesn't do well, they'll shoehorn him into the next one, even though his story is done. Well, wouldn't they yeah. sort of groom in Siri to take over in The Witcher 3? Um... Yeah, it seems like I think some of the things I read, people people seem to be thinking that the the art was pointing towards that. Um, well, I haven't I haven't finished Witcher three. Maybe Siri died at the end. I don't know. Who knows? Just, There's really no yeah, way of knowing. I just put my foot in it. Well, yeah, it's had multiple endings, didn't it? I assume. Yeah. No, Siri seems. I'm sure Siri's fine. She went to a farm up north. <clears throat> Memento boring. Oh, I see what you did there. Gives two dollars to say reactions to your accent in America. Uh, well, you know, people are fine with it. What do you, what well, do you want to what, say? Someone heard me talking and then punched me in the face for talking all fancy like. But you, <laughs> I mean, also you live in the Bay Area, which is um, uh, very melting. It's very much a melting pot. A lot of folks from a lot of yeah. different places. Very few people actually from the Bay Area. So it's not like you move to like the middle of Nebraska, where most folks were born and raised within a 10 mile radius. Yeah. 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 So ask someone who did that. Yeah. There you go. Oh, Brattle23, uh, using their early access comment, been a member for six months to say nothing means anything until the game is in hands. That was, uh, that was Nietzsche. That was a great quote. Nothing means anything until the game is in hands. Hmm. Beautiful. I didn't realize he was uh, in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ray Zach gives five US dollars to say thoughts on product placement in long production games. Final Fantasy Fifteen had Cup Noodle, Coleman, and American Express. Death Stranding had Monster. <sighs> well, it's a little jarring i suppose i mean the monster energy <laughs> drink does sort of take you out of that world doesn't it yeah but like everything takes you out of that world right like those I games are just suppose. weird to begin with yeah yeah i mean it's sort of as weird and random as everything else yeah it has like a p button and then the same thing with like final fantasy 15 i don't know it was a game about a bunch of dudes camping and so the fact that they had like coleman grills didn't bother me that much um i don't know i mean it sort of makes sense for world building if it's a contemporary game like just to mm -hmm. have like a, a billboard in a sandbox game like spider-man for example that yeah could have been in the real world new york mm -hmm. that would that would just you know add to the authenticity of it all 
Yeah, if you, if you had like If you got like Commander Shepard in the far future trying to sell 7-Eleven Slurpees, that definitely would yeah. take you out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like it how uh, indie games are able to skirt around this a little bit, like uh, Unpacking, a game from a few months ago that, that both of us really enjoyed. Um, they have like... Uh, game cubes and and covers of like games that are recognizable but like the art is sort of so kind of like lo-fi that you can kind of tell like there is like product placement by that game being on the shelf but like you can't really tell what it is so um i just thought it added like a really nice air of uh, authenticity to the world do you remember that period in 16-bit era where like it feels like there were a lot of games that had product placement and they sort of built the entire game around it like yeah um, like cool spot they yeah like a, cool yeah. spot was seven up well that yeah. was always like a seven up game but then there was like james pond 2 was sponsored by penguin biscuits in the uk so there was penguin biscuits all over the fucking thing oh my god that's incredible or, i remember james pond <laughs> or there was uh azul on the amiga was sponsored by chopper chops Lollipops. Was it really? So there was oh, Chopper Chops Lollipops logos just all through the game. I'm not talking about, you know, Chester Cheetah Games chat, like, which was, you know, from the very beginning an advertising product. Yeah, like, yeah. Its own thing, but had, like, a product placement that they were then obliged to put through the entire game. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Like, um, there was a Biker Mice from Mars game that absolutely yeah. nobody played, which had this really sort of over Snickers sponsorship. It was everywhere. Weird. It was like those um, old radio quiz shows where they had to, where all the questions were based around, you know, like Ovaltine or something that had yeah. sponsored it. <laughs> That's strange. But yeah, no one will remember that. <laughs> you also, you shouldn't feed a biker mice from Mars uh, Snickers. No. I don't think mice are supposed to have chocolate. Well, these are mutant mice. So part oh, of the mutation true. that made them, you know, bikers, presumably. Yeah. So <laughs> made them bike. capable of digesting chocolate. Yeah. Well, I'm just go. guessing here. <laughs> Actually, a mice, a normal mouse could eat chocolate. Mice eat like candle wax. Mice could eat anything. They're omnivorous. Well, they can eat candle wax. That, I mean, that's probably not good. I mean, you don't want to give chocolate to dogs because dogs are carnivorous and their intestines aren't are like very small and they're only really good for digesting meat but mice oh, i didn't will know eat, that's the reason but mice will eat anything i'm pretty sure that's true like you put peanut butter on like a mouse trap and like mice are all jonesing for that yeah help us out chat can mice eat chocolate i'm prepared to bet they can this, I, I'm, there, there's got to be a mouse expert there's 600 there's almost 700 people watching someone has to be a mouse uh, mouse expert oh, blimey suddenly feeling yeah. pressured from all the attention yeah i bet you feel weird for saying comeuppance or whatever that weird thing you said earlier was or come come nato or what, Com what were you talking about earlier comflation comflation that was it i don't know why i brought it up again i, yeah. I shouldn't have done that yeah let's determinedly uh, move on without a bad uh, mice, mice can eat anything yeah told you okay well i don't know if that per that person might be lying that might be like an alt account you have well it feels right it feels right, yeah. and therefore I'm going to tell everyone I've, it's right. That's how discourse works these days. Yeah, <clears throat> Nick the OG gives $5 to say, from a consumer standpoint, I think hype is directly related to how crappy the world is in general. We want things to be great so we can escape. That might be fair enough. Yeah, honestly, that's, all, a, that's also a pretty good point. It's all bread and circuses, isn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, Nick Neoji. Did I ever tell you about my dragon theory? No. How the, the general, um, how popular media depicts dragons is influenced by the global economic situation. Okay. So if we're in an economic boom globally, then dragons are generally depicted as friends to humanity. But uh, if we're in a point where someone's hoarding all the gold uh, and the economy's on a downturn, then uh, we're a lot more suspicious of dragons. Interesting. Okay. So, I like it. So, um, you know, The Hobbit was first published around the time of the Great Depression. Very bad dragon in that. Very bad dragon mm. hoarding all the gold. Yeah, he was, but, he was um, smug. He was a bad dragon. But the biggest economic boom of the 20th century was during the post-war redevelopment era around the 60s, mm -hmm. during which came out Puff the Magic Dragon, Puff? in which dragons yeah. were very friendly. That's true. So then what happened? Like the war in Iraq gave us uh, the dragons from Game of Thrones? I guess. Yeah. I mean... Uh, I, like that. I like your dragon theory. They're always kind of redoubtable, the dragons in Game yeah. of Thrones. Not really something you can rely upon. You know, you just sort of have to direct them at your enemies the way capitalism directs itself at um, global conflict. Mm -hmm. You know, it works. Think about it. Yeah, think about it. Yeah, look at that. little food for thought for everyone. little <clears throat> little mice chocolate for everyone for thought. <clears throat> Jacques McKeown gives five Canadian dollars to say, I imagine announcing a game incredibly early backs the devs into a corner. The less pu the public knows, the more drastic changes can be made. Well, as I said, that was always my attitude when mm -hmm. I was making games. So if you, yeah. don't tell, if you don't tell anyone about it, then you don't have to feel, you know, shackled to expectations. Yeah, and it's funny, this, but this Witcher thing, like literally they could do whatever they want with the game. It would still fit within their announcement of yeah. just the next chapter in the Witcher well, saga. And yeah, so I think, I think they're, they're pretty safe there. And we mentioned Valve earlier, and I think the reason why they rarely announce something until it's nearly done is because they're constantly working on stuff and then throwing it all away. Like they worked on Team Fortress oh, 2 for absolutely. years, and then went, this, isn't, this isn't working, in the bin, and then yeah. started working on what we now know Team Fortress 2 to be. Mm -hmm. Oh is... yeah, I'm sure we've gotten plenty of, uh, of, of Half-Life, plenty of Portal, plenty of new IP games that uh, yeah. uh, just... came and went inside of Valve. I mean, uh, I visited their offices once and they were working on like nine different things in yeah. like, small teams and most of those... Were never saw the light of day. Yeah, never saw yeah. them again. <clears throat> uh, scavenger gives five US dollars and says, Counterpoint, not waiting to watch Stroke play until jerks spoil it. Imagine playing Bioshock months later when someone offhandedly explained would you kindly. Well, that's an issue yeah. more with the uh, 24-hour media. Again, yeah, I suppose. I mean, back in the days yeah. of like old news and VHS and stuff like that, I uh, experienced the privileged experience of watching Fight Club without having had the ending spoiled for me. How much later? And it was very effective. Like how how far how far past it coming out was it? Uh, quite a while, because it was like I was watching it okay. at home. I didn't watch it in oh, the okay. or anything. Yeah, yeah. I watched it on VHS, like from a rental shop, and I was like, mm -hmm. mind blown. I didn't yeah. see that coming at all. What an excellent yeah, that's, twist. That's the problem now is like that couldn't occur because even if you were trying to avoid it, you'd get like a YouTube recommended video on your sidebar that would be like, 
yeah. Jack equals Tyler Durden? Question mark, yeah. question mark. Well, you just get like a YouTube clip of like the last scene of the film. Yeah, yeah. It just, just says, what happened when it turned out Jack was Tyler Durden? And I was like, well, mm -hmm. you, the, the title yeah. spoiled it. <laughs> just glancing at the title spoiled it now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty good point. Let's go. <clears throat> Corey Myers, you can always go on news detox. That's what I've done. Just don't yeah. read any news. Yeah. Just don't read your Twitter feed or forums or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, Corey Myers gives 499 US to say, was there a game that had lots of hype that you two liked? Well, Elden Ring. <laughs> yep. uh, there you go. Perfect example. Yeah, every, Elden every, Ring. Yeah, every now and again, something gets hyped a lot and then it turns out to be good. Doesn't happen yeah. that often, but it, it can happen just by law of averages, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of hype leading up to Breath of the Wild and... Uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, I really enjoyed Death Stranding, and there was a lot of hype. I really enjoyed... I'm on Team Pro Last of Us Part 2, and so I enjoyed that. So, yeah, plenty of stuff. Well, let's not get into that. No, I, that's why I said... I didn't say just across the board Last of Us 2 was great. I said I enjoyed it. Okay. I would I would never. Fine. Never. You're all entitled to your wrong opinions. <laughs> <clears throat> That guy, you know, gives two dollars to say, "I want to grow with YouTube. I want to be seven foot tall." That's too you know, tall. YouTube's got to be taller than seven foot by now. YouTube's got to be like going past the Crab Nebula by now. Oh no! Like an like uh, uh that'd be like an uncomfortable level of tall, though. Yeah. Uh, that, talk about uh, arch support. I was on painkillers for quite a few years in my teens because I was growing so fast. Yeah, like uh, the, the, the bodies aren't meant to do that that quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Nick the OG gives $5 to say, Marty, I think you specifically would like the series Upload on Amazon. One season at the moment about your mind being uploaded to a digital afterlife. I've watched Upload and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Huh. Look at that, Nick OG. We're on the same wavelength there. I, uh, yeah, I watch, a, I watch a lot of TV, so... I have, as you know, watched very little of it, especially not these mm -hmm. days, because when the TV's on, the kids want to watch. Yeah, it's just all bluey, so That's, all, which is all, fine. Well, she's gone off bluey now, which is a shame. I, I liked watching that. Now she just wants to watch Pete the but, Cat. Oh, I don't know who that is, but I'm not and, a fan of him. I thought you were going to say they just want to watch Biker Mice, Biker Mice from Mars. And no, that's why just Pete the Cat, and uh, if you give a mouse a cookie. Which was one of her favorite books, but now it's a TV I remember series, that book. apparently. Yeah, I remember that book. A very poorly animated TV series with the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog in it. And I only like know that the because... Sonic from the movie or the Sonic from the cartoon? From the games, I think. Ooh, interesting. Because I, I cannot help but overhear the fucking thing, because it's always playing <laughs> in the fucking living room. And, uh, I was, and, I was, and I was listening with one ear and thought, is that the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog? I looked it oh, up. Oh no, have it, I raised a Sonic fan? And I looked it up. It was indeed uh, the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. And I was like, well, all my knowledge of video games has finally paid off in the real world. There you go. Yeah. <clears throat> Where were we? Uh, Phil Myasa Phil? gives 100 Norwegian Krona and <laughs> says, in my experience, it seems like games are hyped up like this so the buyers will pre-order it based on the speculation of what it is, then eventually going into denial of the release state. Yeah, I mean... Again, if pre-ordering didn't exist, 
would you invent it? Yeah. Not in the age of digital distribution, you wouldn't. That's the thing is, does pre-ordering... Like, I know some people who pre-ordered Tunic. That was like the the, the cute top-down Zelda recursive yeah, fox game that came yeah, out. Which I've been playing a bit of, and it's not a bad game. But that's yeah, I think the it's, point. I, yeah, I think it's wonderful. Uh, people pre-ordered it because it was coming out. Uh, the day it came out, Xbox announced it's also coming to Game Pass. And I knew some people who bought it on Xbox and are like, well, what the fuck? I wouldn't have done that had yeah. I had I known about that. And I'm just like, why would you pre-order it? Like, if you can download it, why would you not just be like, okay, I can now buy the game. I will buy it and download it. Well, quite. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't get it. I mean, the only reason to pre-order was when physical media was a thing and we wanted to be sure we'd have our copy from the electronics boutique. Exactly. Or those like hot, hot like pre-order bonuses, or you want to get like a steel case? I don't want any of that. Get it all away from me. Who the fuck wants a steel case? Doesn't stack no. well with your other game. Nick does. Nick's, Nick's a steel case fan. I don't want to out Nick, but he's a big steel case guy. Then you've got like a bunch of steel caps on the shelf, and they're all rubbing together with all their like raised bits. And then they, there's a spark, uh, starts a fire, house burns down, <laughs> but you regret your purchase then. See? Nick? Take notes. Get get fireproofed carpets, I guess. Meister Kleister Heist Air gives five euros and says, for a science-based explanation of consciousness, you could read Consciousness Explained by Dan Dennett. Dennett by Tadeusz Zawitzki is even better. Oh. Well, maybe when next time I'm feeling intellectual. Also, shout out to this nice Polish man, Tadeusz Zawitzki. Skellerboy333911 gives 10 US dollars and says realization in real time that great games are ignored and we deserve shit games since we pay a lot more attention to them RIP Prey and all other good but not good enough games well I'm glad that we would could bring on an epiphany for you Skelleboy 33911 yeah. that would be uh, that'd be an interesting topic someday is to talk about the games that are like Prey like the games like try to figure out why certain games weren't bigger than they were yeah I think yeah I think I've decided I'm going to write my next extra punctuation on that subject of Prey and why no one talked about it much. Perfect. Perfect. Look at that. You're, you're witnessing creation. In, in There you go. That's how it happens. Real time. It's just, yeah. Sometimes you just throw an idea back and forth and mm -hmm. a little baby is born. A little head baby. Yeah, yeah I made that unsettling at the end, didn't I? Yeah, that sounds, like a, that sounds like something from a racer head, like a David Lynch thing. A little head baby. I don't want that. Get that out of here. Brandon Chloe gives 10 US dollars and says, Hey Yats, big fan since I was 13 in 09. Don't make me feel old, Brandon Chloe. I hate it when people make me feel old. Wondered if Sunless Sea is blipped on your radar. Nautical, Lovecraftian, spooky atmosphere, seemed up your alley, love your writing, have some money, cheers. I did play that, actually. Um, got into it for a little bit, didn't really go back. Bit too much I reading, I, I think. One. Sunless Sea. See, too much reading sort of turns me off a game. That's why I never really got into Planescape Torment. Mm. That is a lot of reading. I mean, it's a visual media. It's a visual, active medium. If we wanted to read, we'd read a book. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, this game sounds good. Got a lot of good reviews. Eurogamer gave it a 10. Yeah, it's worth checking out. B Pendragon gives us $5 and says, I'm honestly just happy you're not. they're not giving up and going again after CP2077. Yeah, I, there's too much money to give. They, also, Cyberpunk still sold a shit ton of copies, so yeah. they're fine. Yeah, great. Yeah. They're not giving up. They could have not given up not quite so bloody publicly. 
Khalil Henoud gives 20 Canadian dollars, says, Yats is your Ghostwire Tokyo ZP tomorrow. Thanks for the constant entertainment. Yes, it is, Khalil Henoud. Hope you enjoy Ooh. it. Patent Patent Pike gives five US dollars. Says, have you heard, Stroke, do you have any opinions of the upcoming Disco Elysium TV adaptation? No, I hadn't heard. Probably won't watch it. Because I'd never watch any TV for reasons described above. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll watch it. I don't... Uh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. I watch, I watch everything. Even bad stuff. I, I have no idea if it'll be good or bad. They haven't really announced the crew doing it yet, so we'll see. Hmm. Uh, Alexi gives five euros. Says, I think CD Projekt lost many of their most talented people a long time ago due to gaming industry crunch culture burnouts, just like Bioware before it. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe they shouldn't I mean, crunch so much then. Yeah, they've. Uh, I believe the game director said he's adamant that they're not going to crunch. So we'll see. So, well, I guess we'll be play all playing that game in about 25 years then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <coughs> Lucas Carmichael gives five US dollars and says, with the dumb number of games being released each month, what do publishers think they'll gain by teasing a game years before release? I don't know. They just want to sort of get it to settle subliminally in the back of your mind. Yeah. So that now that's a game like when, I don't know, when, when we're on shows and the million other shows, when people talk about games in the future, that's going to be one of those games that we just mention offhandedly. Yeah, when we so talk about, oh, games on the horizon, like, Elder Scrolls 6 and the next Witcher. See, people misunderstand advertising. People think that uh, people say advertising doesn't work on them just because they watch like a McDonald's advert and don't feel the immediate need to go out and get a quarter pounder. Mm -hmm. But what ad all advertising does is sort of plant the idea in your mind. It just plants their product and their logo in your mind so that the next time you're in like a supermarket and you see like two brands of laundry detergent, uh, the one. Uh, that you remember the name of because you saw it in an advert once is mm -hmm. statistically the one you're more likely to buy because you because you know the name. That's what yeah. that's all advertising is trying to do, making sure you know a name. Yeah, that was why jingles used to be such a big thing. There you go. Yeah, you don't even realize it. You're all sheeple, and you don't even realize it. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Da, 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 da. James Matchett gives five dollars and says, "What the actual hell did I come into with Yahtzee talking about inflation porn?" Well, yeah, that was a... the VOD, and it'll make sense in context. Yeah, that was probably a bad part to come into, though. Yeah. I regret making that initial tweet already. I, I think I regretted it the moment I posted it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad no one really probed into what exact what precise websites I was visiting that I should happen upon. A it was research. Like cumflation. It was research. That's fine. Uh, BS Marsh gives uh, two US dollars and says the accent could be a problem in Boston. Ah, yeah. Because of, of Irish people or people who like um, appropriate Irish culture and think part of mm. that is being really hostile to English people all the time. Mm. There's a great story from the set of Deep Space Nine. Because uh, Colmini and uh, Sidi Kelfadil uh, became good friends, which uh, uh, which uh, bled into the show because their characters, Doctor Bashir and Chief O'Brien, uh, became really good friends on the show. But they used to like hang out in bars together. And one time, Colmini took Sidi to uh, an Irish pub, and uh, they were getting like some funny looks. At one point, Sidi uh -huh. said, "I don't think they like brown people here." And Colm said, "It's not because you're brown; it's because you're English." 
I like it. There you go. Don't go to Boston. I guess you can't. You can't work at the molasses flood, CD Project uh, Boston. So, interesting fact about uh, Sidig El Fadil. Do you know um, one of his uncles is um, Malcolm McDowell? Oh, really? Yeah, that's why um, he went started going by the stage name Alexander Sidig because he was named. He named himself after Malcolm McDowell's character Alex from A Clockwork Orange. Oh, that. Nice little fun fact. There you go. I know a lot about Dr. Bashir. I have a man crush you, on Dr. Bashir. You said you didn't know anything about movies and TV. Look at you. Well, this was from back in the days when I did watch TV. <laughs> back in the old days. Back in those old nostalgic days. Yeah. Um, where was I? Shubham Sharma gives 200 Indian rupees to say overhyping cyberpunk took CDPR down. History repeats itself. Do you think it's history repeating itself? Not so old history. Well, as we say, know. it didn't seem to financially ruin them. No, no, not at all. And um, yeah, there've been there've been examples of of studios that have rebounded. It's just interesting that uh, CD Projekt is. I feel like CD Projekt, Bethesda, and Bioware are all in a, a kind of a similar holding pattern right now because uh, they were once held at the pinnacle of rpgs and then they released a game or games that uh folks really did not like and now they're trying to um win everyone's favor back with their respective next games so it'll yeah. be interesting to see how those well, play out all you need to do is make a good game you're only as good as the last thing you did right yep absolutely uh pacific blue gives five US dollars and says i'm commander shepherd and the escapist is my favorite magazine on the citadel ah there thanks pacific go. reference I understand it. Oh god, I refreshed and there's a million more. <laughs> Doron Grossman Naples gives five US dollars and says, I think any cork gun that doesn't stick needs more than one finger on it. Was this uh, a cum a cum cumming stance? Or what would you call cummy stance? What are was you, are you are you trying to get a message to a secret agent or something? Yeah. <laughs> that, is that a code? Yeah. Does that mean is, like Kropotkin will be on the ferry at dawn? Yeah. Is this like, or, or is this like for a sleeper cell agent, like holding up the Queen of Hearts and Manchurian candidate? You're going to activate someone? I think it could be a sex thing. I read it like a sex thing. Well, keep that to keep those thoughts to yourself. We're over the inflation now. BS Marsh gives two dollars and says Theobramine is okay for mice in tiny doses and not dogs. Okay. I'm assuming theobramine is probably something in chocolate. I'm assuming as much. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. It doesn't, doesn't sound that appetizing. No, it doesn't. Now I'm worried. Now I feel like yeah. I shouldn't be eating chocolate either. Yeah, maybe people would eat less chocolate if they knew there was theobramine in it. <laughs> Mr. Arms's Legs gives five Canadian dollars and says, Can you guys recall any interquels in gaming? The last one I remember is Prince of Persia Forgotten Sands. Yeah, that was a weird one. They just went back and inserted a game between Sands of Time and Warrior Within just to like yeah, yeah. build hype for the movie. Um, um, examples of... Well, Zelda's always talking about how all its games are from like different points in the timeline, aren't they? Well, I don't think that yeah, happens. yeah. That's always bouncing around. Um, Scavenger mentions Serious Sam 4. Okay, although isn't, although interesting. Isn't that just straight prequel because it's like the first game in the canon story? Yeah. 
Yeah, then there was there was the the pre sequel, but that wasn't an interquel that took place before and after that didn't take place like in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's like ideas or there's versions of it in like movies and stuff, like the Black Widow movie, uh, this Marvel movie that came out sort of is slotted yeah. in right. between a bunch of other right. Marvel stuff. So, oh, Gears of War Judgment, Scavenger, that's a good. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah, prequels aren't the same as an interquel, people. Mm-hmm. Interquel is of- where you go back and do something that came after a prequel but before a sequel. Yeah. Oh, I guess a lot of the Star Wars stuff is that, right? Yeah, Star Wars yeah, always jumping around, like. I guess. Um, yeah, like the uh, Mandalorian and stuff takes place after the original trilogy, but before the new movies. So. Yeah. See, so yeah, I guess we'll be seeing a lot of that as uh, cinematic universes and timelines continue to be a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just Metal Gear Solid has done that. Milk whatever drama we can out of every conceivable moment in the Star Wars timeline. Let's yeah. do a miniseries of Luke Skywalker at pre-K. Maybe some adventures happened there. I think we're going to see that in the Obi-Wan show coming out in like two months. So oh, There you go. Get excited. Um. <clears throat> Uh, scavenger gives five dollars says so perhaps i need clarification are all announcements hype is watching three minute reviews hype there has to be a minimal hype level so you know it exists well three three mr is a review yeah i think hype by my definition is always pre-release yeah uh although like what is because it's for getting people hyped up about something that's going to come in the future what about if you want if you feel like I don't know, like if you made an extra punctuation that was all like why you all slept on prey and you shouldn't have, would, would that wouldn't be considered hype in your mind? Like since the thing came out several years ago? Oh, I don't know. I think it's only hype if it's like announcements that get too excessive. Yeah. It's hyper announcements. That's what it's, that's what it's short for. Hyper announcing yeah. something. Yeah. Uh, J-J-A-A-W-W-S-S Oh, Jawas Jaws <laughs> Oh, Jaws, yeah Gave 20 US dollars to say My book club is reading We'll Save the Galaxy for Food Ooh Any thoughts, stroke trivia on the book That you could share with the book club? <gasps> uh, oh, ooh, I'm on the spot now Um uh, Well I could mention that we're still working on the screenplay, so maybe you could think about who to cast in the movie. Ooh, I like it. Um, um, Do you think uh, Cole Meany, will Cole Meany be in it? I maybe. Hell yeah, love my Cole Meany. Uh... Just trying to think of what character he would fit. I guess he might make a good Mr. Henderson. Anyway. Yeah. SVS Guru 2000 gives five euros and says, What was your least favourite part of Black Mesa? I thought Interloper was way too long. Perfect example of why the rule of three doesn't always work. Yeah, I thought uh, Zen certainly dragged on a bit, generally. Yeah. I think I remember feeling that when I was in that bit where you are in like the Zen factory. Trying mm-hmm. to find all the hidden pipes you're supposed to shoot. And it wasn't entirely obvious you were supposed to shoot them. And I was thinking, Jesus Christ, this is going on a long time. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think- as a rule of thumb, if you're replaying a game 
and you get to a bit where you go, oh, I don't really like this bit. I guess I'll stop playing for now. That's probably the your least favorite part. That's a good, yeah. It's a good <laughs> same thing. Like in a movie, if if you're rewatching a movie and you're like, ooh, can I skip these two scenes? You're like, yeah, yeah. probably not for you. I remember um, uh, playing Silent Hill Homecoming. I was replaying Silent Hill Homecoming, and I got to the bit in the hotel, and I was like, oh, I guess I'm bored. I guess I'll stop playing for now. And I, mm -hmm. then I left it for quite a few years and thought, maybe I'll replay Silent Hill Homecoming again. Played it again, got to the hotel and thought, oh, you know what? I think I just hate this hotel part. And I stopped and stopped playing again. There you go. So there you go. And I'm willing to bet that a lot of our viewers, last time they played Silent Hill Homecoming, stopped at the hotel part. Am I right? <laughs> Uh, Lord I thought Lord you were going to wait for chat to catch up and I was like, that uh, might take a while. <laughs> Lord Darius gives 20 euros. They tried out the Souls series with Dark Souls 2, followed by Dark Souls 1 back to back. In hindsight, this was a bad decision because I ended up burned out. I know Dark Souls 2 is the black sheep supposedly, but I kind of liked it better. Fuck the bed of chaos. I think Dark Souls 2 was slightly more accessible, so it makes sense that it would be your first one. So yeah, yeah and then when you're playing Dark Souls 1, everything will suddenly become a lot less accessible. Yeah. And that's just kind of the, the nature of the beast. Hmm. I'm still playing Elden Ring like one hour a night. Which is annoying because I'm, I'm in Kaelid at the moment. Not much progress Ooh. you can make in an hour. No. That's just a lot of Scarlet Rot death. And lots of, yeah, lots of death. Yeah. Lots of getting frustrated because I've only got half an hour left and I keep dying. Yeah. But I found the second half of the thing that opens the thing. So make last night, so making progress. And I got to the boss fight in that fort in the southeast of Kaelid that's against two dudes. Like the I was killing the first dude and I was like, this dude seems pretty easy. Then the second dude arrived and I was like, oh, it's one of these. <laughs> there, that's all the Elden Ring talk you're getting. We're done for now. Unless someone else brings it up. Shogun is dead, gives $5 and says, just finished Differently Morphous before the stream. Going to start the second one this afternoon. Really appreciate your sense of humor, Yahtzee. You're welcome, Shogun is dead. I hope you like the second Aww. one. I happen to think it's better because I have to think my latest book was always my best book because that's how being be how that's how getting better at stuff works. Yeah, you would like to help. Uh, Rendworth says uh gives us five dollars and says even if pre-orders weren't invented wouldn't someone make a kickstarter eventually not without the internet maybe maybe we should kill the internet if the internet didn't exist would you invent it well probably thinking about it <laughs> yeah seems seems pretty nice uh, yeah i mean crowdfunding yeah i think crowdfunding that was like didn't they crowdfund in uh, uh it's a wonderful life i have no idea oh they did that was yeah. the original kickstarter yeah Uh, Jeremy's Cheat Day gives two US dollars and says, is there any thought or reason for the fedora? Well, basically at the time I started Zero Punctuation, I was in the habit of wearing a fedora because I thought it made me cool and interesting and I didn't want to put the effort into developing an interesting personality. And uh, I needed some kind of shorthand to differentiate my avatar from generic people. So I went with giving me a little fedora hat. And there's no real yeah. reason to change it at this point. So there you go. You know, if the internet just went away tomorrow, that would like be an apocalyptic event these days. 
That'd be tough. Yeah. It'd be rough for us. That yeah. would be good. Yeah. I could have to get by on like physical sales of my books. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That being said, those would probably go up because people didn't have the internet. They'd be like, well, shit. Well, maybe, you know, I should, well, maybe I should get into these books people keep talking about. Well, you suddenly probably have a lot of competition. Yeah. Because then, because suddenly everyone's going to get back into books. Yeah. Um, uh, Scavenger gives five US dollars and says, after your books become movies, which studio do you want to make the video game, Yahtzee? And would you write the novelization of the film? Well, I don't really care which studio I made. I'm more interested in uh, who you'd get into direct. I guess I've always thought it'd be nice to get Edgar Wright to direct the movie of one of my books. That'd be nice. I feel like I feel like the two of you have a similar sensibility. Yeah, you know, British satirical comedy types. Mm-hmm. He'd probably like cast all the usual actors. There you go. And Colmini. Yeah, you seem to have yeah. really latched onto that name. Uh, you're the only I I know I, I don't know Colmini as in like I was just very surprised that you were able to pull Colmini's name because he's in my mind just like a character actor and so it's I, I was just very impressed that you knew who he was. I used to, well I used to watch a shitload of Star Trek. There you go. That probably explains it. Yeah. No no no. And no, I no, didn't. No. I literally no, didn't no, even no, know. No no. Mussy mussy mussy. Look at me. Look at me. I used to watch a shitload of Star <laughs> Trek. I know all the names of the, all the actors. And probably all their personal histories as well. Well, there you go. And it always annoys me that Cole Meany has one of those names where the last letter of the first name is the same as the star as the, of the second name. Because yeah. it's really awkward to say out loud. Yeah, and I'm very nasally. And so both both names just run together. So it even sounds weird when I say it to myself. See also Mark Kermode, the BBC film oh, critic. I don't like it. Mark Kermode? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, Pacific Blue gives two US dollars and says, who would you cast to play me in the Escapist film? Chris Pratt. Congrats, Pacific Blue. Big-headed of you to assume we would cast you in the Escapist film. <laughs> You'd probably, I mean, all the chat would just be, like, represented just by, like, some scrolling text on a on a wall at some point. Yeah. But what, oh, what font would it, would they be? Helvetica? Who would be cast as me? I like to think, um, um, Terrence Stamp. Uh, oh man, I love Terrence Stamp. General Zod, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, I guess it would have to be a young Terrence Stamp, so we'd need to get a time machine. But yeah. you know, since we're fantasizing. Yeah, that's fine. Who do you want for you? Kiefer Sutherland? Uh, oh my God. Yeah, my favorite solid snake. I would love Kiefer Sutherland. Um, uh uh call me <laughs> i'm just really I'm just really leaning heavily you know uh how about nick frost speaking of edgar wright's usual i would be honored i would be honored uh adam davis gives five us dollars to say you know what i was replaying silent hill homecoming and i stopped at the hotel part fucking knew it look at that I five? didn't think anyone would agree with you, and turned out you, you were so right, you were $5 right. Okay, one last super chat from Andrew Hickenbottom, who gives two pounds to say, Colmflation. <laughs> and what a note to end on. What a perfect summary for, of the last hour and a bit of podcast. Well, let it just be, I just want everyone to know, it was Colmflation. Yes, there you go. It was like, that was 
beautiful, Andrew. Truly beautiful. Well, thanks for watching, stroke listening to Slightly Something Else. We were talking about hype. And having done that, we're now going to hype up the rest of the week's content on The Escapist. So tomorrow, as we said, you can look forward to my Ghostwire Tokyo Zero Punctuation, which I think is going to be one of the very, very rare cases of the review coming out before the game. Yeah. Because that's that, what happens uh, when, we get our review well. when we get our review copies in nice and early. That's what happens. That's, yeah. We could be doing that for your game, publishers. See, maybe this is a sign. And Bethesda is now part of Microsoft, and everyone's a part of Microsoft, so this could be good. This could be mm. good for us. Jesus Christ. Uh, my extra punctuation from last week drops on YouTube on Thursday, of course. What have you got coming up this week, Marty? Uh, we have going on. Uh, in just an hour from now, Jesse and Casey will be back for uh, Hidden Gems with Have a Nice Death, which is an uh, early access, um, like a roguelike Metrovania, uh, Metroidvania, I believe. Um, the trailer looked yeah. pretty neat. But yeah, nice art style. Kind of looks like Grim Fandango. So um, indie games do not. need trailers. They do. Oh, no. <laughs> See, it's fine, though, if you have up indie games. That's fine, because okay, you're hyping yeah. up the little guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. and then, uh, yeah, tomorrow morning at uh, 9 a.m., we'll be back, uh, usual time for Breakout. Uh, Thursday, we have uh, Casey and I are wrapping up Dead Space 3. We probably only have two sessions left, so come and hang out for that. Uh, Gears of War will be uh, Nick and Amy on Friday, and then we'll be doing Game Night Saturday, uh, probably for Honor. And also, you can follow me on Twitter. I've started streaming on a personal channel. Oh, Just really? replaying some games I like. I started playing, uh, I'm replaying Link to the Past. Just because I want to play a bunch of the Zelda games uh, where before. Did you, uh, where did you find the time to do your own streaming on top of I have games? zero children. But, I have oh, zero children. Well, that's, yeah. the, that's the secret, isn't it? That's the secret sauce. Um, so yeah, right. you can follow me on Twitch. It's my name right below me. Okay. Well, uh, I will see you all tomorrow for the post-EP stream. Don't know who that would be with. The, the logical person would be Marty, but he's been on this today, so he can't too do much. it. Too much. Too much. That'd be too yeah, much. It's too much Marty. We'll have to think about yeah. it. So here's your, here's your toffee time. <laughs> toffee time. Toffee, tough, 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 tough. Toffee, tough, 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 tough. You still smell of piss, you know that? God. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everyone. See you next uh, time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, shit. I just uh, switched over to my streaming software, and I've only just noticed that my mic's windsock is blocking Toffee's face. Oh, no. How embarrassing. <laughs> uh, here's a better look. Perfect. Real Toffee. Well, you can also see his willy. Don't look at his willy. Don't show everyone his willy. Bye, everyone. Oh, what a, what a great note to end on right there. Bye. <laughs>